Welcome to My Dead Parents. This is Brianna Helders. Uh, today we have Michael Runyon. Say hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Wait, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Remind me. <laughs> uh, you, have, you have a dead dad. That is true. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> That's what we're here. Uh, are we just going to talk about my dead dad or are we going to talk about all... All dead dads. All the dead dads? Every dead dad. <laughs> we're, we can talk about my dead parents, too. Um... <laughs> I I have dead parents. This I know. They died last year. Yeah. You you have a few years on me. Um, my father passed away in 1992. Whew. So I have 27 years on you. Yeah. What so. do I have to look forward to? <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you have to look forward to? What don't you have... Uh, that is a really what do you have to look forward to <laughs> just like this never ending uh dull kind of pain that kind of haunts every moment that you learn you just learn how to suppress year after year but also how to like kind of tap the geyser so, so it's like it's like old faithful where you're like this there's this thing underground that's yeah gurgling that's always there this undercurrent and then periodically it it kind of has to spout off and kind of right sick (laughs) yeah pumped (laughs) overwhelm yeah so i i can i can sense even now that yeah it's just gonna always be there isn't it i mean every in good in the really good stuff and the really bad stuff it's like it's there yeah it's pretty yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting cuz you know, I've spent I'm 37 now. I've spent 27 years trying to relate to mostly people with parents. And even people I obviously, you know, I have a lot of friends who are children of divorce, but I have a handful of friends who've experienced the loss of a parent. And it's nice to have that that unspoken thing you know it's that's really crucial is finding the people that you can kind of just go god right and they're like yeah totally yeah and you don't have to really explain yourself that inexplicable feeling of loss that you can articulate can really be understood by the the people who've had that experience and that's the it took me a long time to find that because my dad died when i was 10 yeah so did you so when you were 10, did you have anybody your age no. or anybody, no one around you had no, a dead not, parent? No, not at all. I didn't, I wouldn't, I didn't talk about my father's passing till I was well into my teenage years. So I, I wasn't comfortable talking about it because I didn't know how to explain myself. Yeah. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how it just was such a difficult dance 
So you're hanging out playing video games or you're, you have band practice or you're just doing what teenagers do and there's never really a time or place to go, hey, can I talk to you guys about the feelings that I don't understand about my dad being gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, because sure. I was 10, so I, this is pre-puberty. I had never experienced anything that I would have naturally addressed with him. Nocturnal emissions, masturbation, the, being attracted to girls. Like, I just didn't... I, Who I did you talk to about that stuff? Um, no one really until I had friends that made me comfortable enough to like kind of talk about that. But no one was like a guide. No one was, uh, no one was a father figure in any sense of just like, oh, you guys jerk off too. Cool. Great. (laughs) I'm not alone. Yeah. And I mean... The internet was different then as well. What internet? The in- the interwebs. <laughs> I didn't have the You didn't internet. have any interwebs. We're talking 92. We're talking 92. You didn't have internet. <laughs> there wasn't porn everywhere and people weren't like, uh, porn. You, you know how I, the, the first time I saw porn is me and like three other, this is maybe sixth grade. We went over to a kid's house or apartment and maybe four or five of us watched this porn. <laughs> together but not even as like a sexual experience to share but more of just an exploratory moment yeah you guys were all just like we've never seen this i remember it involved a glass dildo (laughs) so i didn't really know what a dildo was and that was my first exposure to a dildo but then i never owned any porn so my experience with porn was either uh i don't know if you're again the 90s were an interesting time but Mm. one source of uh, female nudity was biker magazines. Yeah. So there would be the <laughs> in like just gnarly sort of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the kind of Harley da- Harley Davidson, but 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 you know, geared towards bike bikers. Yeah. So it's like it's very technical, but then there's there's just peppered in these photos of women at rallies and what and stockyard races and who knows what yeah in like the little flashing. like underwear and the yeah <clears throat> no like most of them most of them were candids they weren't posed oh okay so it'd be like a woman with like a budweiser while her boyfriend is lifting up her top and she's showing off her tits kind of thing where did you get where how I, did you have access I, to these i had a real kind of backwoods neighbor in <laughs> In in Oakview, who, which is where I lived, uh, coincidentally, when my father became sick. So this kid, Robert, I think his name was, he was just real country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he had some, I mean, he was like, the, the, you know, I, we don't need the, to get into my relationship with him, but he was, dude in the, he was just another world. eight or nine year old. And he had, his parents were kind of, they were country too. So they had like biker mags and they're they didn't give a shit cool so we would just fuck around in the backyard and look at we try to build boats and jump on you know shoot bbs and just that kind of stuff um didn't kill any cats did you no no no. i was never like no weird like sociopathic shit um i was very sensitive and i think a lot of that has to do with my 
because I was ultimately raised by my mother and I had a younger, I have a younger sister who's five years younger. And my dad was like, do you want to, do you, would it help to have the, probably have helped to have a context of my dad's passing maybe? Do we, sure, yeah. Do you, want you don't, you don't have stuff? to talk about it if you don't want to, but, um, oh, yeah. I mean, I came Go here ahead. with the, under the, yeah. I came here expecting to talk about it. So my okay. father, we don't have to get in the house or whatever, but actually, I don't know. I've never, I've never talked, obviously I've never talked about this with strangers. So it feels like I'm kind of talking about this with strangers, knowing that people I don't know will hear it, but whatever. My father, um, had issues with drugs and he contracted HIV Mm -hmm. and that ultimately led to his passing in 1992. He became very sick in 90. Well, he became very sick in the summer of 92. To, um, and passed in December of 92 so there was about a four month window of my, uh, kind of a lead up like a, like a that was kind of the runway for me to accept it or not accept but that I knew four months prior to his passing that he was dying oh okay so it wasn't sudden but they kept his illness from me throughout my childhood Oh, so he was sick for years. Well, he he wasn't sick. Like he wasn't alien. He wasn't bedridden. He hadn't really succumbed to the disease. He was living. He was functional. He was, but he start his health started to to deteriorate in like ninety one, early ninety two. So my grandparents, who were living in Northern California, moved to Ventura, where I was growing up, to kind of be closer to him and he and my mother separated. So in around the same time, 91, 92. So he, uh, so he was there. He was close, but we no longer lived together. Oh, wow. But I, they kept his illness from me until, yeah, this, I think in September of 92, he basically took me for a, he came to the apartment where my mother and my sister and I were living and we went for a walk and he kind of laid it out to me. And, um, I knew what AIDS was basically because of magic Johnson. He had announced his HIV. Um, he had made his HIV announcement the, this, I think the October prior, it was a year, it was a 91. I think that he made that announcement. So, which is huge. Like to this day, I have this weird kind of, spiritual emotional bond to him because i what he did for the world as far as i think it really made it okay i mean it it started the conversation of here is a straight athlete like Mm -hmm. one of the most successful at what he does like a physical specimen who's contracted this and definitely that he was a part of sports like that you know, hyper masculine, every, sure. everything that was like the opposite of what HIV was associated with is like, yeah. Right. So, so anyways, Magic Johnson. So I, I, I had, I was familiar enough being nine years old at the time. And so we, we, he told me this, he told me about his, his illness on this walk and what, implored me to be kind to my mother and 
my mother had started dating and I was very opposed to it i was tried to sabotage some of the dates that she had at home like stomping on the floor when she was we lived in a kind of two-story apartment and if she and her date were downstairs i would stop on the floor of the bedroom above the living room to just totally bum the dude out while they were trying to like make out and stuff um so once he told me that i kind of eased up and then but after that it it, it it was pretty quickly that his body he just couldn't yeah he couldn't survive it did he have aids or just hiv that's well hiv becomes aids and then aids basic well technically you do i have aids related causes yeah so your immune system's fucked yeah you <laughs> so, can't fight anything so then so so technically he i believe he died of like brain cancer i'm not I, oh, wow. I i kind of for some reason don't care about specifics i'd never i might i don't like i don't know i never pursue all the particulars of like you know i don't know what time of day he died i don't i yeah. don't i haven't like tried to get all the detail i wasn't with him when he died they wouldn't let me see him because he was mm-hmm. well when when you're that when you're that sick and cancer is devouring your brain you you're you're not really you anymore yeah so they i saw him maybe a month before he passed and he was in and out of sort of uh not even consciousness but presence like he didn't he would know me and then not know me Mm. and so they were like this is so fucked we can't we don't want to expose you to this anymore because you're we don't see the value in you being around your dad and him not knowing who you are just feel they just felt they made the judgment call they be my i guess my mother yeah so that's your mom's (laughs) my mother was like i don't want to subject my son to the trauma of watching his dad deteriorate yeah just so i understood that and I, i i have no i don't begrudge my mother that at all that i didn't get to be there when he past i i do you remember the last time you were with him yeah it was i mean pieces of it i went to the hospital where he was and did you know then also did you know then that that was the last time that i would see him no yeah okay i mean no one was like make it count (laughs) (laughs) no one yeah i mean again my mom so my mom had my mom had me at 20 let's see 22 so my mom was 32 about to be I mean I'm 37 now I can't even imagine to be 32 and losing your husband and you're a mother of two and what I just can't imagine the emotional strain so and obviously there's no way to prepare for ways to act when your husband is dying of AIDS (laughs) you know like how do you prepare my children for like the most (laughs) devastating trauma they'll ever experience how'd your sister do was she there was she i mean was she as present as you well my sister was five so i think that as much as you can remember as a five-year-old yeah and i you know we we have really strong shared memories of him but i think like i can't remember if she was there i don't remember i it was such a well you were so living in your own you know experience yeah Yeah. Yeah. at that age you're not yeah yeah so 10 dealing with this 
I'm not really thinking about like bigger picture like how's our dynamic gonna change (laughs) yeah is my sister how is this gonna fuck my sister up how's it gonna fuck me up I'm just like oh this is my reality people are buying me things because that's how people deal with oh that's so weird yeah like my uncle my uncle came to visit and took my grandfather took me to magic mountain and they just tried to like get my mind off oh yeah just trying to distract you from yeah which is a nice thing. It's oh a yeah. Nice oh, what else are we gonna sit there and just talk about how my dad's dying? Or it's yeah. like, let's go buy Michael a Super Nintendo game <laughs> and let him play because he needs to yeah. just not. He's a kid, and this is really crazy. Yeah. And also, you know, you, AIDS is still fairly new. Yeah. So it's just, you know, these. My mom, so my mom is Mexican. My dad is just for, he's white. So, you know, this, my grandparents, these middle class white people who've never known an AIDS patient in their life are suddenly watching their son expire. So it's just, it's just crazy. I don't, I, I, you know, I've never, I never talked to my grandfather about it. I never talked to my, my grandmother just passed away. Uh, a month and a half ago so yeah. I never really I never talked to them about how they processed my father's sickness or how they were able to kind of they're just from that generation of where you just kind of like we we tell we were grew up in the depression you just kind of deal with shit and yeah. you internalize it and you just get through it and also what a new age um, it's so hard for people of a different generation to like wrap their heads around. I'm sure like wrapping their heads around their son having HIV and AIDS was. Yeah. Pro- I would. I mean, I don't know them, and I don't. I don't know. Sure. But I'm. I. We can, we, we can. We can. We can. Yeah. We can guess that yeah. they would have a difficult time with it because how would even now? How would you deal? How do you deal with it? How yeah. would you deal with it now? Yeah. Knowing what we and being, we've come so being far. exposed to it for as long as we have, so. Did you deal also with like, I mean, did did you have to deal with stigmas in terms of like friends or people in school or other relatives? No, because they didn't tell them. They didn't know anything about how he no, died? No, no. People, my mom was just like, tell people who can't, he can't, he died of cancer. Whoa. So I just did that. Yeah. So I never was just like, hey, so yeah, my dad had an issue with drugs. No, I never <laughs> got into that. No. That wasn't theirs. That was not theirs to know anyway. No. So yeah, if it's not something that you wanted to share, then yeah, no. And you know, it's still hard to share. But I, you know, doing something like this is n- nice because it it allows me that sort of I don't know being vulnerable. I th- is kind of the easiest way to like draw strength sometimes you know so yeah uh, so but yeah (laughs) yeah thanks for having me (laughs) how long did it take you to start to become vulnerable because you weren't talking to anybody you weren't talking you weren't being fully vulnerable with people you went to school with or talking about your dad being dead or knowing anybody who'd experienced that like what was there a pivotal moment or was just was there just a time in your life where you're like i'm ready to start like living in this a little bit like this is a reality and i'm i can talk about it that's hmm when did i 
Right. That kind of, yeah. So maybe in my, maybe when I moved here and started, God, maybe, yeah, I'm probably in my early twenties. I just felt for whatever reason, maybe being on my own, not being an adult necessarily, but just, you know, I live, I'm, I live on my own. I pay rent. I have a job, whatever. Maybe, maybe something about that made me kind of grow up a little and feel comfortable talking about that. And also, I think being able to, once I started talking about it and seeing that people, it wasn't, you know, people are sympathetic. People are kind. Mm-hmm. People are can are loving that. It was nice to feel that yeah. because I just decided, you know, I can't talk to people about it. I would almost have people kind of earn the right to know about it. Like for me, it was such a, it was a secret that had value. Like if I've told you that my dad died of AIDS, that meant that I really liked you or really thought like we were really close. Yeah. But then I was like, my dad is, then I got to the point where I was like, my dad's death is not like a badge of honor. It's just part of me. I kind of think that that is I don't maybe I just was similar and maybe I'm just another person that's like this and it's not the norm but I I think I was like that with other stuff like other traumas from my childhood I I did the same thing of like you have to earn your way into the knowledge of my pain like like I and it makes sense right yeah I guess it makes sense I don't know if this is like I I almost some stuff like that I kind of blame on like cinema like I had to learn because I had a really weird childhood and I, I, um, I was adopted, uh, and, but I knew my parents and they like had me until I was five. And, um, I had like a really rough initial upbringing and a lot, just a lot of grip around mental illness and a lot of like how I learned to be, um, and, and a lot of like steps that I, I, needed or lessons I needed I learned from movies and TV where like it is kind of like you know making things as special as possible is almost a thing sure um, right the yeah the the rom- the romanticization of self kind of a thing like yeah I, I get it I get it because I totally experienced it but for whatever reason I at some point I was like ah, I don't have to also, because I was, I, I took a step back and realized everyone has a trauma. Yeah, <laughs> mine's just you know this is specific to me. So mm-hmm. why I don't? It's not like I would meet someone. Hey, my name is Michael. Dad died of AIDS. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> we could have just opened this wanna, like that. Want to dance? Yeah, it was not that. <laughs> but I just you know I let friends in and I, you know, and people under people were sensitive and no one ever, no one has ever been. Can you stop? Can you stop talking? (laughs) I actually don't want to hear about this. (laughs) You never got that response. No, but I also never. It was never something. It's not a. It's not like something you break out at a party. So you. It's not like I talked about it a lot, but I was comfortable in the right situation. You know, I could read the room. Oh, I I talk about my dead parents so casually. I will absolutely say that's not me. I think it's. I think it's definitely normal. Step, well, I mean, yeah, sure. What is what well, is that? Well, I don't. Not like I get in. Not like I get into it. Unless, unless, yeah, unless the moment calls for it, I can see somebody else's like, 
going through something similar or or what have you but certainly not like at a party but yeah people oh i went i i (laughs) i met a friend's parents recently and like they you know were inquiring about me and it was a nice like lunch and they were like so where do your parents live and it Mm -hmm. took every fiber every inch of me not to say the cemetery (laughs) it was the hardest thing i have ever done was not say the cemetery but i did say um oh they're dead (laughs) full stop (laughs) um i'm surprised that you resisted that bait knowing you (laughs) that's like right that is right just a softball waiting for you to take a swing (laughs) um yeah there is some weird morbid humor that you kind of can cling to i know because there's been because there's the there's always you tell your your someone you've just met or no not someone you met but someone your dead parents come up (laughs) and uh, someone (laughs) will obviously say i'm sorry and then you know there's always that impulse to say why did you kill them like you you know yeah did you do it was it it you (laughs) Yeah. And I resist it every time. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I, I found myself in those situations where I'm just like, how do I kind of nip the, the morbidity? Is that a word? The morbidity in the butt. How do, can I make this not morose yeah. and depressing? But that's such a weird, isn't that kind of a weird like pressure for us to put on ourselves? Like it's on, uh, like it's our fault somehow that this is a depressing subject or we've said, oh no, I've said something sad, how off-putting for the room. Like I, I've kind of yes, gotten yeah. to the point where I'm just like, I, yeah. But again, I think that's where it. it comes back to reading the room. Like, you yeah. know, I know, I can, I feel like I know when people are going to be okay with that and when it's not okay yeah like if i was with my mom's friends and i made a joke about my dead dad they would be aghast they wouldn't they would not respond to that but there's people who've known me long enough where i can get away with it yeah um get away with it (laughs) (laughs) but you know i've made i in the last couple years i've become really close with a few people who have lost their fathers and we can you you know connect about and we can make jokes just to each other and it's actually really awesome so nice it's but why so is it good. so nice it's why is so, it why does it feel so good to make jokes about our dead because no parents? one you know what because no one gets it is like i when my parents died there were all of these people that i already knew that i didn't know they had dead parents or a dead parent and then those people reached out to me and it was like i'd joined the world's shittiest club and that's what i call that's what i usually call sure. it it's the world's shittiest club sure the club of dead parents and um and and there's the, because there it was people sometimes that were i mean i had uh teachers and and people that i wasn't weren't necessarily close friends because obviously i would know if my close friends parents were dead but but just people that i kind of casually knew or had worked with that i felt this sudden like bond with and we could talk in a different way oh, yeah, whereas I, yeah. there's there was there's some like reason for us to be in contact now and it seems really dumb like why would having dead parents be but it's just people don't get it like you kind of have to have gone through it to really get the loneliness that comes from that um and i and i need to be able to joke about it right it's like yeah i yes we need to joke about it but i'm there is a little bit of a sense of like 
we have our blue check and you don't. <laughs> like yeah. there's a little bit of like we're in a special club and you can't be You'll in it. You'll never understand <laughs> us. Yeah, there is a little bit of that looking down our nose at people who have yeah. both their parents. <laughs> oh, how nice for you. What yeah. a lovely, you seem loved. You seem, yeah. You seem loved and cared for. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. But I'm, you know, 27 years in, I think I'm really starting to get the hang of it. I really feel Good. I'm settling in. Um, so in 27, sorry, my phone keeps going off. Uh, in in 27 years, I'll be significantly older than I am now. Yeah. Um, this is a bummer because I want to still be, I want to still be hot when I'm finally at the comfortable stage. Why? You know, I just. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> because that's when you're, <laughs> wait, that's when you can really exploit. <laughs> <laughs> your parents death into yeah like a, some sort of sexual awakening mm-hmm. cool i can still have a sexual awakening at 50 yeah sure five. i feel like yeah can we, you can do whatever you want <laughs> i'm certainly not going to tell you you can't do that but i <laughs> wait I, what, what were we talking about before this happened <laughs> oh the ch- oh sure so can I ask you, can I kind of yeah. ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. So you, when did your parents died when? My father died in June mm-hmm. of 2018 and okay. then my mother died in October of 2018. Okay. So, oh, so that's like, you're not even a year in. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a year in, um, on either of them. I, it's, it's, I'm still going through the like first holidays since they passed and, uh, my family really really celebrated holidays my mother especially just like went all out and just ever and i'm i'm i've definitely like i also i didn't just lose my parents i lost like half of my family over the course of like like within months of each other stop bragging (laughs) honestly you're really lucky because you have more family than i do um i i yeah by by one by (laughs) by one i'm beating you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have two blue checks. Wow. Mhm. Um yeah, so I so I kind of lost uh every everybody. It was like my my one aunt and then another aunt and then uh like my my great grandparents who I grew up like they were kind of my grandparents and it was just everybody in a row and I've sort of taken place of this like totem in my family that like keeps it, like the only way anybody's going to see anybody is if I'm like, I'll host I'll, and now I'm like taking over the holidays and it's, I don't like it at all. Why? It's a lot of, it's a lot of pressure and it's really sad, I guess. Cause it, I, what, what would you do instead of that? Um, what's the alternative? What's, what, what's the happy holiday look like to you in your mind? Um, I guess I just want, you know, I have a, I have a daughter and I want her to have some family around and, right. um, my, you know, my ex, uh, husband, her father, you know, his family's in England and he's not really around. And so, you know, there's just not a lot of family around her. And I grew up with a lot of family, you know, for the, for better and for worse. And, 
yeah, I just want that for her. And I feel this like pressure to like give her that because we've both both lost so much, which maybe is something that will fade over time. But I but I just feel a lot of pressure to like make make everything make all the family be around for her. Do you have do you, oh. this is sounding a lot more unhealthy now that I'm saying it than what I've been no. doing in my head. <clears throat> Well, I was going to ask you if you, how you, you haven't even reached the one year anniversary. So yeah. I was going to say, how have you dealt with that? But you're not even there yet. So did you, was your father, there was a funeral. What, we had a, like a service, yeah. a memorial service where all my, my mother, my mother being Mexican, huge family. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them. And then my dad's side smaller, but we were all there and celebrated him. And I do want to just like, I know I talked about him. He had issues with drugs and that ultimately led to his, his death, but he was a genuinely good dad and human. He just had these demons that just, he couldn't, he couldn't beat them. That's such a complicated thing, isn't it? When you realize that like your parents fucking up doesn't have anything to do with you sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that they're human. Yeah, like that they're, they're just deeply hum- they're flawed just humans. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that. I know for me, when I was really little, there's this like expectation as a as a child. Well, for me anyway, where it was just like you know your kids should be the most important thing, and you just do what you've got to do for your kid, and like, but it's not quite as simple as that because it's they're not doing it to you. They just have their own shit that I'm, that they obviously would love to not have this problem they would right. you know your dad would love to have not been addicted to drugs but it's just yeah. a demon that he had because he's a human it didn't mean that he loved you and any bit less right yeah so yeah so I don't, I don't know yeah so anyway i just wanted to kind of i didn't i just wanted to paint the appropriate picture of him but um what were we talking about right before i i tangentially you, you said uh you oh we were talking about the funeral about oh yeah about so we had a, we had a service and he wanted his ashes um spread in the pacific so we rented a boat mm-hmm. and we went out on the ocean at at dusk and we spread his ashes and off of ventura near the channel islands and then yeah there's so there's no marker i don't have any marker to visit so on it on his the anniversary of his death i kind of just it's kind of like my birthday i just kind of do what i want mm-hmm. you know but I you just do kinda, something every year i mean not not like oh let's go to dinner my dad's dead <laughs> let's go to dave and buster's i've made a reservation <laughs> at muso and frank's um it's um my dad died <laughs> yeah can uh best year can i get a table i know it's last minute um, best year. <laughs> that's for la folks um no so I I just make sure to kind of be with myself and my feelings and and his birthday he died a he died 5 days after his birthday. So mm. that whole week is just kind of fucked. So I just I just make sure to be attentive to my sort of creeping kind of cuz there will be moments where I, I'm just like am I sad because I'm making myself sad or am I sad because like, it's just, and it's just this kind of feedback loop. Cause I wake up and I go, Oh, it's today. My mom texts me. Do you know what today is? Of course I know. But you know, that's just like the language of it. And just kind of 
try to get through the day yeah and kind of just celebrate i don't it's weird that i am i celebrate him more on his the anniversary of his death than on his birthday which mm. is strange because obviously the birthday is like oh this is when you were brought into the world this is yeah this is the day yeah but for me his death day is well because it's about you right someone else's birthday is less about you than the loss of them right do you think it's that no yeah no oh i'm no i'm just i'm thinking about your Mm. no (laughs) no no your well articulated Mm, point that's right um (laughs) no it's it's really but then you know anniversaries are a funny thing too it's like my grandma passed away on my birthday this year so i'm now like do i does this mean you know like my grandma was awesome and she lived to 90 and i now I get to celebrate my birth and her just her existence. I don't know. I'll be curious to hear how you deal with the anniversaries and if that's year. even a thing f- for you. I imagine it will be, but I know some people, I don't know. I haven't really talked to people how they, the ceremony of that day and how they yeah, deal with it. I'd be curious to know how other people kind of deal with their parents' deaths. Um, we have to take a short break. Yeah. And then uh, when we come back, I'll... Yeah, I'll talk I'll talk a bit about that. Okay. Okay, one second. All right. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> so dead stuff? So dead stuff. Uh more dead stuff. Should we just do more dead stuff? More I lost a cat when it <laughs> crawled into the broiler. What? That's uh, not true. It is true, but What? What well, in yeah, in when I was a child. Your cat crawled into a broiler? It got broiled. Like in an oven? Yeah, dude. What's a broiler? It's the 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 compartment on the bottom that slides out. Of an oven. Yeah, it's like the oven drawer. Oh my god! It climbed into that, and then how did you find out? Uh, the cat started screaming. I would imagine. I wasn't. I don't remember the particulars. You'd have to ask my mom. Do you want to? Do you want to get my mom on Can the podcast? Can we get her on the line? <laughs> on the podcast? Oh, I'll bring her in separately. Just to talk about Wait, uh, the loss. Are her parents alive? No. Perfect. <laughs> I don't think Bring she, her in. Uh, yeah, I don't think she wants to talk. Oh, she talk about her mom. She doesn't want to talk about her dad specifically. Like she'll only talk about one of her dead parents? Um, probably. My mom, no. My mom would be a terrible podcast host. <laughs> guest. Really terrible host. <laughs> so then a really A worse host. guest, I think. <laughs> um, okay, well... I I'll not bring her on. Then. Yeah, that's the only reason. Yeah. Um. Okay. So what we were talking about before was uh my one year, and so it was just my mother's birthday. Also, I'm not religious. Neither am I. Not in certainly not in like the Christian sense or anything, and um and I struggle with a lot of like monotheism. None of that one God. Yeah. To yeah. Rule them all. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It certainly, if something like that existed, it would not be like the image that's been painted for Christianity, in my opinion. Okay, it's uh, another podcast, though. It's another. That's another podcast. That's not for. That's not for now. But um, so I, so I, yeah, I'm, and I think also. What I'll get into that. I'll get into that in a second. Actually, can we talk about my dead dad, the Lord Jesus Christ? The Lord Jesus Christ is your number one. Oh, um, were you just talking about Jesus the whole time? Yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so, but, but recently, um, it was her birthday at the end of February and she and I, our birthdays were always one week apart unless it was leap year. I'm March 5th. She's February 26th. And, um, I, 
we got my sister and I got together and we had dinner and I, I I don't know we didn't really talk about it or anything but just to be around each other and stuff and we do talk about it but it just that you know we didn't force that you know subject on the evening or anything it wasn't some you know cheers for for mom um so but I I ended up feeling really really guilty for not going to the cemetery why I don't no. What good is guilt gonna do you? I. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't. I mean, I didn't enjoy it, but I just was like, what? Is, why do I feel like I need to go, or like I needed to go, or I feel bad, or I feel like I was supposed to do that? And 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 so when I was seven in 1987, my my mother's brother uh, committed suicide, and that was that was my first massive introduction to death uh, as a kid. And um, when he died, they bought all the plots next to him. Like, so it was like going to be, you know, him and then my aunt and her husband and my mother and her husband, which was my father. And, uh, and then they, all of their mother as well. And, and like growing up, we would go to the cemetery every holiday on his birthday we would go and decorate and my mother would walk across his sort of space and then hers and then she'd count off like okay and then this will be your aunt betty and this will be your uncle dave this will be me this will be papa and she would line and it was um what about you was there a space for you there's yet? no space for me oh, she didn't want me there i guess oh um she although it I sounds did, like they already purchased a, con- a considerable amount of land at the cemetery yeah. to begin with so maybe it was just yeah space they just was at a premium yeah. yeah 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 um and but and that was such a i don't know maybe that's why maybe because we we she always did it and so i felt guilty for not doing it like she would want me to do that i don't know but but i the one year i'll probably go to the cemetery yeah. even though i there's a huge part of me thinks the cemeteries are really silly there's a huge part of me that's like, I, why, why are we taking up all of this good land with dead? I bodies? was just gonna say burying a box. Yeah, it's insane to me. I know it's really weird. It's so weird. I don't, I don't get it. I really want. I, I've planned so many funerals. I'm really good at it. Huh. I could be maybe an event planner for cemeteries. Do you think that? the way we approach funerals is maybe it can get it, we can shake it up a little is it I, ti- is it time for fu- the funeral service industry to be turned on its head oh it's so it's so awful and like the the way that they just what what's like the what's the phrase that you know they they arm and what's the what's the thing that people say when they they nickel and dime you sure is that it sure yeah, what yeah, does yeah. that mean like they just swindle you yeah they pile on cost after cost after cost yes that's exactly what they do um yeah and and just for incremental incremental costs yes um it's it just all brings it's it's like 800 here 600 and it's and it's death is is expensive Mm -hmm. it's um oh it's ridiculous should i be a funeral dj is that is that is that something i could get into we could (laughs) go into business together (laughs) and just turn it on its head and turn it on its head i really like the have you read into like um the trees thing where you can be buried 
with with like this like satchel that either your ashes or even your whole body and then uh you can choose a tree that you want to grow into no but that sounds cool that's really cool i think i think that's what i where do you do. do that where where you can do it in like central park you can do it at they'll bury you yeah in central park uh-huh but what if someone digs you up? I think it has what to be some... ashes if it's like that. Okay. I think I don't think it can be your body. What if but like, I really want to Because like just... necrophiliacs could just go to town and just start <laughs> digging up corpses. Couldn't they do that anywhere? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but parks, like Central Park, you can just go in. Like a yeah. f- cemeteries, you know, they got gates, they got security guards. Necrophilia didn't used to be illegal. Did you know this? Um, I, I don't know a lot of things. Okay, I know. So I didn't, I mean, sure, it makes sense that it, at one time it wasn't illegal because... Well, a lot of things weren't. <laughs> but, 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 but I mean, more recent than you, like I remember as a child Like that, the 70s? Like how no, recent? No, 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 Like, okay, so in Apple Valley, which is where um, a bunch of my family is from, if you don't know what it is, it's kind of the armpit of California. Okay. And uh, so, and it's also where I was born. Okay. <laughs> in Victorville. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there was like this crazy case where um, like a child was dug up and yeah. taken to by the person who dug her up, like took her to a church and necrophiliaed her. Defiled her. Defi- necrophiliaed her. Yeah. Um, and, it, and they couldn't put him in jail. Because it wasn't illegal. It wasn't illegal. But so what that about, was when it became a law. What about like the grave desecration? The, the grave desecration wasn't illegal? I think it was maybe no know. steps in there wasn't there wasn't trespassing for going to the cemetery mm. after night. None nope. of it was illegal. No, nope. I'm poking holes in this. Mm, nope, doesn't this. sound like it. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> what year was this? I want to say. I mean, I was old enough to know what they were talking about, so I must have been over ten. Okay, so so like like old enough that they would tell me. So like 2010, 2011, 2000. <laughs> 2010 okay so like late 90s so like late so like late 90s early millennium Um, okay well i you know what that's i'm glad they turned that around i'm glad they came to their senses i know because my mom was hot and i'm glad she's protected by the law now yeah yeah (laughs) thank god (laughs) also um i can't stop telling people that in, when someone is embalmed, they turn into people soup because... What, they just liquefy inside? Yeah, they just turn into like a slime, mm. I'm told, mm. by sources. Why don't, You should get a funeral director or like a cre- crematorium manager on here. Don't tell me how to run my podcast. It's a suggestion. Is it, a comment box. Is this your podcast? Put it. Read is the, it? Read the comments. Answer the question. Read is the, it your podcast? Read the comments. I don't think it is. I think it's mine. I feel like kind of like I've really owned this conversation. So. <laughs> you kind of t- <laughs> from beginning to end, you eventually took it from me. <laughs> um, I have some other questions. Yeah. Also, um, how do you do in hospitals? Um, I do not like them but they're not designed to be liked i don't i mean speak for yourself (laughs) baby (laughs) i don't know whose comfort was put into consideration when designing these places because they're not comfortable for anyone okay but i don't mean (laughs) you're saying what's your general taste i know but you're saying decoration i I mean like i was in the emergency room recent somewhat recently and it's okay it was this minor flesh wound for uh, 
Belo- belonging to my girlfriend. What? No, she she got a splinter in her foot. Oh. Big one. Chunk oh, no. of foot came off. Anyways, um, when I'm th- like when I'm there, do I have this kind of oh, uh, no, not really. Okay. I my stuff is more related to really specific stuff. Like okay, so fun fact. Mm. Well, no, I don't know if it's a fact. It's a fact for me. Fun fact for me. When your dad has HIV in the late 80s and 90s, you have to get your blood drawn constantly so that they can monitor your health. (laughs) But they don't tell... So I was not told that why I was having my blood drawn all the time. Because you didn't know about his illness yet? Yeah, because they didn't tell me. For how long? uh, Like your whole childhood? uh, Well, he contracted it. I believe so uh four three or four years so pretty Whoa. like like not quarterly but sometimes it would be quarter sometimes it was really bad because they were afraid that you'd contracted it well they just want to be sure they're like because i was still in contact with my father again this is the late 80s so this is yeah. when people think you get aids mm-hmm. off a toilet seat yeah. or like sharing a steak knife like people don't know mm-hmm. so like you know they were very my parents were obviously very cautious with anytime my dad got a cut or or you know some kind of injury you know like cutting him you know making dinner cutting himself or scraping his knee we, you know we, he was my he was my baseball coach whatever anything any small wound that drew blood mm-hmm. it was like get the kids the fuck away from him whoa but i was just like oh what is what is this yeah. So they, my parents, so basically until my mid 20s or early 20s, I thought, I'm sorry, I'm like all over the place, but it's all rushing back and it's so just crazy to say it out loud. When I was young, mm-hmm. in those situations, the kind of go to sort of warning was hey, your dad has diabetes. So we don't want you you can't get near his blood because you don't want to catch diabetes. You don't want to catch diabetes. <laughs> Whoa. So the whole time, my entire life, I thought diabetes was something that you, you <laughs> was like a transactional disease. Oh, shit. Until I, be, until I got older, I didn't, I just was like, oh, that's what, because e- I, I was like. Even after he died? Like even. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you just never rewrote that. Because so, I was like, because I was, because I was. Well, because also, so, yeah, so I was probably seven or eight when this started. So I'm seven or eight. What the hell do I know about, like, medicine or medicinal (laughs) practices? I don't know shit. Yeah. (laughs) And I just never explored it. So you're like, you you meet your friend's uncle. He's overweight. He's missing a toe. Um, they break to you. He's got diabetes, and you look him square, and then you're like, "You get the fuck away from me." No. How about this? My friend's brother has it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, I think the way that I discovered it was like, oh yeah, my dad had that in addition because they knew that." Mm-hmm. He, and I was like, "Oh yeah, my dad also had that, and that was yeah." It's me basically kind of unspooling this total. <laughs> idiotic (laughs) oh my god so yeah me kind of exposing my ignorance about diabetes 
mm-hmm. them in this moment of like, oh yeah, I, my parents are always, you know, that was how they kind of kept me away. Like you can't get that. You realize. And it was, it was like getting pants. Oh at no. PA. I, at PE, I mean, no, I mean, I was like fine with the discovery. But you just but as you a didn't kid, want to be the kid that didn't know. I thought my dad. I thought my dad wrote buckets, Bob Dylan's "Buckets of Rain" because he sang it on guitar when I was little. Oh. So I didn't know it was a Bob Dylan song until I was like fifteen. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. these, are, I, these are just the things that I, and also he was gone at that point, so there was no. It was not like he was still playing "Buckets of Rain," yeah. at for me at when I was learning guitar and going. I'm gonna teach you this Bob Dylan song, and I could be like, "Oh yeah, it was Bob." Oh, okay, of course, it's Bob Dylan. Oh God! So you must have been so taken aback when you when you heard "Buckets of Rain" and you're like, "Uh, yeah, dude." I was like, "That's my dad's song." <laughs> also, how weird to be a kid and you're like, "You're like, yeah, my dad wrote Buckets of Rain." Obviously, <laughs> why is my dad not a? Why is my dad in real estate? <laughs> <laughs> um, 15 is i'm i mean a little old but to be we- discovering that <clears throat> but what's weird mm-hmm. is that there are obviously other songs that you you teach your kids right yeah so it's not like i thought my f- parents wrote happy birthday <laughs> somebody did though did you know that of course well well everybody somebody yeah, wrote every yes. song did you, did you know that somebody <laughs> but i mean wait someone wrote happy birthday it just didn't it just wasn't it just wasn't all it, it downloaded into our consciousness and no but i mean the wow. person who there's a person who gets you know, p- paid for it you know that this is recording right <laughs> People no, it's public domain now. That's why you couldn't use. That's why you couldn't it w- use it on, in movies though. Until recently, yeah, it's and now then, public domain. Mm-hmm. The le- yeah, um, that's all. Great. <laughs> Someone wrote it. Their parent, whoever wrote "Happy Birthday," their parents are long gone. That's true. They're I'll dead. get them on mm-hmm. here. <laughs> They're dead. Anyway, so yeah, so this is another thing about death discovery. Yeah. You think your dad wrote "Buckets of Rain"? You think diabetes? You can catch it. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, so, but that's what they did to kind of protect me from the disease. Again, they didn't want to be, they just didn't tell me until they felt I was comfortable knowing. Yeah. So. That's a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a, it was a weird time and, and. It was a weird time. It was a weird time. Um, It was the 90s. It was the 90s. I also, I. Yeah, I had I had an uncle who had AIDS that like I spent so much time in that home uh and it and it was all the like rubbing alcohol on the toilets. I just like when I even when I for a long time if I smelled rubbing especially if I smelled like rubbing alcohol and like a perfume together. Oh, okay. Scent is so strange, isn't sure. it? Did you have that ex- like I mean cuz scent is the sense most tied to memory and there are certain things that that if French I French toast? French toast is your dad? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you so, still eat it? Yeah. Whenever I'm sad, I get French toast. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like yes. Give me some bread. Give me like <laughs> 800 grams of sugar in that maple syrup, and just like let leave yeah. me alone. And load me up. Yeah, load me up. And let me cry into my syrup. Yeah. So when I'm feeling super down, I get French toast. Oh, that's really really endearing. Do you have any like food associations that um, with your folks? Yeah, I think I think it's like. Um, Ego waffles, because mm. my papa, uh, my father, he, 
he <laughs> when when my sister and I were little and my mother had to start going to work an hour earlier he had to like you know step up and do the full hour of getting us ready which he's like he was like this like you you've met him he's like Italian like pretty stern like yeah 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 construction owns a construction company like man's man wears shorts like in December and um and this and <laughs> this like man's man had to like learn how to do tiny ponytails on us and like wake us up and That's we like cute. it's really cute and he used to like make us our ego waffles and like break them up with his fingers and not cut them and um which you know my grandma or my mother I, she's my grandmother and my mother she uh like you know she would use the knife and he would just like kind of rip it up and be like here, here you go and um so i don't know ego waffles i guess um and coffee for a while just the smell of coffee which i love i love coffee it's one of my favorite things in the entire world but even like when he died and he died completely he died in his sleep no, it, we had no way of seeing it coming he was working the day before like worked up to the day he died oh wow and then just died in his sleep and so he left sort of everything the way it was and there are all of these like there's all this like there was all this evidence around the house of of like proof that he knew he was thought he was getting up the next day like not xing off the day on his calendar because he was going to get back up and do it and there was like oh he still x's off days, he x's on, his off days on his oh calendar Amazing. <laughs> i know uh he does like one side of the x in the morning sure. and then the other x at night and there was only one one line uh yeah. done on it and uh yeah and and like the half empty coffee cups that like none of us could touch for for ages and i still have like the coffee cup he was drinking out of do you drink out of it no i can't wash it oh wow oh wow um, that's interesting yeah so that's that's just down there in like the shed he was building on wow. my property oh, so um, you have like a, yeah. you can have like a little sort of museum Mm-hmm. shrine like a of. really yeah my little grief shrine yeah. down there and it's all just tools and stuff that's good i didn't i wasn't i didn't have that i don't have many things of my father's so what happened to his stuff oh uh, i don't know i lost some of it i have i don't i have like jewelry and stuff like that items like you know that but yeah. his clothes you're 10 years old you're, hey mom can you hold on to dad's clothes for <laughs> 20 years for me yeah do you i mean do you wear any of his jewelry or do you is there stuff like that that you hold on well, to closely no because his he had fat fingers <laughs> so i can't wear any of the rings um and then i have a watch of his that's just that i need to get the the band resized because mm-hmm. it's really tight so he had really skinny wrists and really chunky fingers? No, I had the band resized and I got it resized too small. Oh, and I haven't okay, had it okay, resized. Okay. No. Because I was just nope. picturing the strangest yeah, anatomy. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> really girly wrists and then <laughs> giant sausage like fingers. I mean, not even. So- I mean, they were. I, I say they were fat. They were just probably normal. I just have really thin. You're a dainty guy. Sure. I have thin, kind of wormy <laughs> fingers. <laughs> Um, um, but yeah, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of artifacts. Do you and look like him? When I grow, when I grow a mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a weird thing. There, there are t- no, if I wear glass, if I put on glasses and oh, grow a mustache, yeah. My mom will be like, you look like your dad. You look like Steven. Wow. I'm like, cool. 
Thanks. That's I no, guess. no, that's cool to me. It's cool. Yeah, I, I just it's nice to have the reminders of that he lives on in me. Yeah, there's something you said um, recently when we were talking about our dead parents. Uh, you said that every year you get further away from him. Yeah, and that that struck me in in a in a big way. That's like it, that that was like there's this like you know rush to move forward and be able to be more and more and for this to be normalized more and not be something that I think about and and like have to go park somewhere and cry for an hour and so I you know there's this like I just want to move oh god I want it to be I want to go to sleep and then it's three years from now you know I and sometimes I feel that way but then you saying that made me like completely 180 that opinion because yeah every I'm, I'm getting further and further away from them well yeah you figured time is undefeated and like okay so for example my grandmother my father's mother passed away a few months ago so everything that she all the beyond her own experience but all her experiences with my father that i haven't committed to memory as best i can are gone now yeah so like his birth what he was like when he was two what his you know his 10th birthday like all these things that she was the only resource are now gone so yeah. that's basically it's basically like a uh, the, the library burned down yeah. you know yeah. like that wing of the that wing of the you know library is gone so there's no uh art section anymore or whatever you know it's yeah. just like so i have my fragments and i when my family gets together and it's getting smaller and smaller we're very good about telling the same stories over all almost like it's like folk tales you know it's mm-hmm. just the stories we tell so we can remember yeah the people that we love isn't that the stuff that when you were a kid you were like this again Ooh, this we're story yeah this story again I don't. I wasn't even there, or I don't even remember, or whatever. And yeah, and then as I got older, I'm like, "Can you tell the story again?" We need to know the story. Yeah, again. what is that story Let's again? Talk about it. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you know, last year, not to, not to compete with your, your own, morbid year, but my uncle passed away, and he was my father's best friend from childhood, and oh, wow. who happened to marry my father's older sister. So he was. Oh, cool. He knew my dad longer than anyone outside of family. Mm-hmm. And he always, they, they had a, you know, they grew up in the Bay Area or the Northern California together. They were hippies. And so they got into a lot of trouble and they experimented together. And I got to hear all these crazy stories about just their kind of wild youth. And I recorded some of them. Some of them he wrote down for me, but they're gone now. I mean, I have what, I have what he gave me, but it's not enough yeah in my opinion i i want to i want like all of it mm-hmm. you know what I, I want like encyclopedia britannica on my dad yeah but i probably have i don't have that mm-hmm. i have a volume if that so you know i i just want to keep him around as long as i can yeah and i i understand like if i have kids will my kid really give a shit about the time my dad dressed up at a as aretha franklin and won that karaoke contest in like 1991 yeah probably not 
Maybe. Maybe. But like, d- d- my kid's not going to be able to connect with it in the same way. So it's yeah. like when you don't know, you know, it's like you don't know your grandfather. And that's just the hard truth of it. So it's for me, it's all, it's all selfish. It's not like I've allowed myself to just be like, Hey, you're a resource. You have information about my father. I've, I've looked into kind of reaching out to some of the old girlfriends he had before my mom. Oh, wow. And he, uh, got married. Cause I just want to know about that stuff. I want all the, I want all those juicy details. I don't really, I just want to know what he was like outside of being a father, outside of being, you know, an addict outside of, yeah. well, stuff you m- would have known about if he lived longer, like the, sure, the yeah. stuff that you guys write that, that he would. Yeah, absolutely. You Cause you can just go ask your mom about that stuff. Right. With her, you know, sure. like her experiences before you, that's stuff that you, you get, you are privileged to like, once you become an adult and it's a conversation that, you know, you, you have that bond with your parent where they can, uh, you know, be a little bit more human with you. Right. And you, you kind of missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it weird that I'm curious who and ha- who my dad lost his virginity to? Like, I'm curious about how he came of age. When did he first get high? Yeah. Like, what? What did he think he was going to be when he was in high school? Like, I, I want... think, like, definitely stop thinking about your dad's dick would be my, I'm not only, thinking, would but be like, my only note. And it's just a note. It's just a note. No, but, like, who was his first girl? Love. Yeah. Who Who was his first girl? Like, who are these people? There's for, her, his first acid experience. What did he see? Like, if he did... Or if he did acid or if he did... Whatever, I'm not like, I'm not like how long like did what? you last, bro? <laughs> 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 I don't care about that shit, but I'm just like, who... What... I just want the Wonder Years version. I want to watch the Wonder Years of my dad and I yeah. can't and it kills me. And I know no one else cares, but I, you know, like what do we have beyond? I don't know. I just think, I just think our history is really important. It informs so much. It just informs us and mm-hmm. it, it shapes us so much. I don't know. Does and obviously feel... I value it more because he's gone. Yeah. Does it make you feel sometimes small like in in the universe i mean we i think we all feel small enough in the universe but then to also have a parent that's life is cut short and see their memories start to fade and see less and less people that really talk about this person or care about this person like what mark did did they leave and now you know to see the people who had memory of him go um yeah do you know what i mean yeah absolutely Does it makes make me sense? think it makes me think well, it makes me, yeah, it makes me feel small, but it also makes me see the value of that even more. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a blip. I'm going to live. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. No one's going to, people, maybe someone's going to care. No one's going to, like, he, the course of human history is just like, we're going to just fucking fight and die. And it's just what it is. Yeah. You know? And so knowing that I am insignificant, but I do am lucky enough to be alive and have basic human freedoms and Mm -hmm. get to whatever, live the life that I want to live, you know, it just makes me kind of, it's, it's helped me figure out what I value and, and, and his memory and my family's memory is what 
I value. Yeah. And I value him because I didn't get to spend much time with him. So his, those memories of him, those stories of him are just hold weight. Yeah. I have so many family members on my mom's side that I have not pursued like the history of mm-hmm. like my family's from Chihuahua, but I don't know what the fuck they did in Chihuahua yeah. before they moved here. Mm-hmm. I could ask, but that's because I have like 20 relatives to ask. Maybe I just don't, it doesn't Someone, feel as pressing. You, it, it seems like it's so readily available. The information, yeah. but it's not, I mean, it is, but it's also, it's the same thing. It's like my, yeah. my uncles are, you know, everyone's getting older. So I think it's, you know, again, it just comes down to me prioritizing what I need. Yeah. I mean, we're all, I'm just a selfish creature. You're just a selfish, selfish man. Yeah. But no more, no more than no more most. No more than anyone else. Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, for what it's worth, uh, I, I'm so glad that you have become a person that can be vulnerable and, um, and and obviously that, especially because of the time at which you lost your dad, obviously that was such a hard thing to do. And there are so many people who just shell up and can never talk about it and have just all of this rep- repressed stuff. But I think that it's really good that you do seek it and um, have French toast when you're sad. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it's what it's what we have to do. It is what it is. All right. Survival. Mm-hmm. Do what we got to do. Yeah. All right. Um, I I think that's a good place to end this. Great. Okay. Thanks, um, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Uh, do thanks, you want to? Thanks for talking about all, <laughs> <laughs> all my painful shit. Any, any time. It, I, any time. I didn't even. I, didn't, I get it, off on this. Shit. I didn't even get misty eyed though. You didn't one time, and I yeah. also didn't even put Kleenex in here because there's just. It's yeah. expected that you don't cry. <laughs> 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 um, that's not why. Yeah. Um, do you is there anything you want to plug is there anything oh my god is there anything you that wanna, feels ridiculous is there anything you want to that's what people ask that's what they say do you want i mean yeah people should check out your music because you just spend a bunch of time being vulnerable here's another way to see you be vulnerable <laughs> oh my god um i'm in a band called the chances that is currently recording and playing around los angeles i make sad music to compliment my <laughs> my infinite sadness um yeah the chances well it's somewhere online i don't know cool yeah thanks for that thank you hello my sweet little angels this is brie helders thank you so much for listening to my dead parents hosted by me and produced by julia Meltzer. you can subscribe on apple podcasts and keep with us on instagram at my dead parents if you have any questions or input you can also email us at my dead parents podcast at gmail.com bye campfire